The joy of living, the joy of living dangerously. Dangerously. <clears throat> Those who are courageous, they go headlong. They search all opportunities of danger. Their life philosophy is not that of insecure in insurance companies. Their life philosophy is not that of insurance companies. Their life philosophy is that of a mountain climber, a glider, a surfer. And not only in the outside seas they surf, they surf in their innermost seas. And not only on the outside they climb, not only on the outside they climb Alps and Himalayas, they seek in the peaks. Ha! Huh. To live dangerously means to live. If you don't live dangerously, you don't live. Living flowers only in danger. Living never flowers in security. It flowers only in security. If you start getting secure, you become a stagnant pool. Then your energy is no longer moving. Then you are afraid. Because one never knows how to go into the unknown. And why take the risk? The known is more secure. Then you get obsessed with the familiar. You go on getting fed up with it. You are bored with it. You feel miserable in it. But still, it seems familiar and comfortable. At least it is known. The unknown creates a trembling in you. The very idea of the unknown, and you start feeling unsafe. There are only two types of people in the world people who want to live comfortably, they are seeking death. They want comfortable grave. And people who want to live, they choose to live dangerously because life thrives only when there is risk. Hmm, I like it. Have you ever gone climbing the mountains? The higher the climb, the fresher you feel, the younger you feel, the greater the danger of falling, the bigger the beast but <coughs> I'm sorry. The bigger the bliss by the side, the more alive you are. Between life and death, when you are just hanging between life and death, then there is no boredom. Then there is no dust of the past, no desire for the future. Then the present moment is very sharp, like a flame. It is enough. You live in the here and now. Or surfing, or skiing, or gliding. Wherever there is a risk of losing life, there is tremendous joy. Because the risk of losing joy makes you tremendously alive. Hence, people are attracted to dangerous sports. People go climbing the mountains. Somebody asked Edmund Hillary, Why did you try to climb Everest? Why? And Hillary said, Because it is there, a constant challenge.
It was risky. Many people had died before for almost 67 years. For almost 60, 70 years, group had been going and it was almost a certain death. But still people were going. What was the attraction? Reaching higher, going farther away from the settled, the routine life. You again become wild. You again become a part of the animal world. You again live like a tiger or a lion or like a river. You again soar like a bird into the skies, farther and farther away. And each moment the security, the bank balance, the wife, the husband, the family, the society, the church, the respectability, all are fading away and away. Distant and distant, you become alone. This is why people are so much interested in sports. But that too is not real danger because you can become very, very skilled. You can learn it. You can be trained for it. It is a very calculated risk. If you allow me the expression calculated risk, you can train for mountaineering. You can train for mountaineering. Mountaineering. And you can take all the precautions. Or driving at high speeds, you can go 100 miles per hour and it is dangerous. It is thrilling. But you can become really skilled about it. And the danger is only for outsiders. For you, it is not. Even if, you, if, even if risk is there, it is marginal. And then these risks are only physical risks. Only the body is involved. Involved. When I say to you, live dangerously, I mean not only bodily risk, but psychological risk, and finally spiritual risk. Religiousness is a spiritual risk. It is going to such heights from where maybe there is no return. That is the meaning of Buddha's turn. Anagamin, one who never returns. It is going to such a height, to a point of no return. There one is simply lost, then one is simply lost. One never comes back. When I say live dangerously, I mean don't live the life of ordinary respectably. That you are a mayor in a town or a member of the corporation, this is not life. Or you are a minister, or you have a good profession and are earning well and money goes on accumulating in the bank and everything is going perfectly well. When everything is going perfectly well, simply see it, you are dying. Nothing is happening. People may respect you, and when you die, a great procession will follow you. 
Good, that's all. And in the newspapers, your pictures will be published and there will be editorials. And then people will forget about you. And you lived your whole life only for these things. Watch. One can miss one's whole life for ordinary mundane things. To be spiritual means to understand that these small things should not be given too much importance. I'm not saying that they are meaningless. I'm saying that they are meaningful, but not as meaningful as you think. Money is needed. It is a need. But money is not the goal and cannot be the goal. A house is needed, certainly. It is a need. I'm not an ascetic. I'm not an ascetic. And I don't want you to destroy your houses and escape to the Himalayas. The house is needed, but the house is needed for you. Don't misunderstand it. As I see people, the whole thing has gone topsy turvy. They exist as if they are needed for the house. They go on working for the house as if they are needed for the bank balance. They simply go on collecting money and they die. And they had never lived. They had never a single moment of throbbing. Streaming life. Throbbing, streaming life. They were just imprisoned in security. Familiarity, respectability. Then, if you feel bored, it is natural. People come to me and they say they feel very bored. They feel fed up, stuck. What to do? They think that just by repeating a mantra, they think that just by repeating a mantra, they will become again alive. It is not so easy. They will have to change their whole life pattern. Love, but don't think that tomorrow the woman will be available to you. Don't expect. Don't reduce the woman into a wife. Then you are living dangerously. Don't reduce the man into a husband because a husband is an ugly thing. Let your man be your man and your woman your woman. And don't make your tomorrow predictable. Don't make your tomorrow predictable. I like it. Accept nothing and be ready for everything. I like it. Accept nothing and be ready for nothing. Expect nothing and be ready for everything. That's what I mean when I say live dangerously. What do we do? 
We fall in love with a woman and immediately we start going to the court or to the registry office or to the church to get married. I'm not saying don't get married. It is a formality. Good. Satisfy the society. But deep in your mind, never possess the woman. Never for a single moment say that you belong to me. Because how can a person belong to you? And when you start possessing the woman, she will start possessing you. Then you both are no longer in love. You are just crushing and killing each other, paralyzing each other. Love, but don't let your love degrade into marriage. Work. Work is needed, but don't let work become your only life. Play should remain your life, your center of life. Work should be just a means toward play. Work in the office and work in the factory and work in the shop, but just to have time, opportunity to play. Don't let your life be reduced into just a working routine because the goal of life is play. I like it. Play means doing something for its own sake. Play means doing something for its own sake. If you enjoy many more things for their own sake, you will be more alive. Of course, your life will always be in risk. Of course, your life will always be in risk, in danger. But that's how life has to be. I like it. The goal of life is play. Okay, I like it. Risk is part of it. In fact, the better part of it is risk. The best part of it is risk. The most beautiful part of it is risk. It is every moment a risk. You may not be aware. You breathe in, you breathe out. There is risk, even breathing out. Who knows whether the breath will come back or not. It is not certain. There is no guarantee. Wow, it's amazing. But there are a few people whose whole religion is security. Even if they talk about God, they talk about God as the supreme security. If they think about God, they think only because they are afraid. If they go if they go to pray and meditate, they're going just in order that they remain in the good books, in God's good books. If there is a God, he will know that 
I was a regular church goer, a regular worshiper. I can testify to it. Even their prayer is just a means. Huh? To live dangerously means to live life as if each moment is its, its own end. That's, that's it. That's it. This is the teaching of the Buddha. To live dangerously means to live life as if each moment is its own end. Each moment is its own end. Never be a means to some other end. Each moment has its own intrinsic value, and you are not afraid. You know, each death is there. You know, death is there. And you accept the fact that death is there. And you're not hiding against death. In fact, you go and encounter death. You enjoy those moments of encountering death, physically, psychologically, spiritually. Enjoying those moments where you come directly in contact with death, where death becomes almost a reality, is what I mean when I say live dangerously. Those who are courageous go headlong. They search all opportunities of danger. Their life philosophy is not that of insecurance companies. The, their life philosophy is not that of insurance companies. Their life philosophy is that of a mountain climber, a glider, a surfer. And not only in the outside seas they surf, they surf in their innermost seas. And not only on the outside, they climb Alps and Himalayas. They seek inner peaks. But remember one thing, never forget the art of risking. Never, never, always remain capable of risking. Wherever you can find an opportunity to risk, never miss it. And you will never be a loser. Risk is the only guarantee for being truly alive. Whatever you do, life is a mystery. The mind has some difficulty in accepting the idea that there is something that is not explainable. Mind has a very mad urge for everything to be explained. If not explained, then at least explain it away. Anything that remains a puzzle, a paradox, goes on troubling your mind. Yeah, that's very true. The whole history of philosophy, the whole history of philosophy, religion, science, mathematics, has the same root, the same mind, the same itch. You may scratch yourself one way, somebody else may do it differently, but the itch has to be understood. The itch 
is to believe that existence is not a mystery. Mind can feel at home only if somehow existence is dismystified. Religion has done it by creating God, the Holy Ghost, the only begotten Son. Different ridiculous, different religious have created different things. There are their ways to cover up a hole that is uncoverable. Whatever you do, the hole is there. <laughs> there are their ways to cover up a hole that is uncoverable. Whatever you do, the hole is there. In fact, one, in fact, the more you cover it, the more emphatically it is there. Emphatically it is there. Your very effort to cover it shows your fear that somebody is going to see the hole. The whole history of mind in different branches has been doing patchwork to conceal this hole, particularly in mathematics because mathematics is purely a mind game. There are mathematicians, there are math mathematicians who think it is not, just as there are theologians who think God is a, a reality. God is, God is only an idea, and if horses have ideas, the God will be a horse. <laughs> you can be absolutely certain it will not be a man. It will not be man, because man has been so cruel to horses the man can be conceived only a devil, not as God. But then every animal will have its own idea of God, just as every human race has its own idea of God. Ideas are substitute for where life is mysterious and you find gaps that cannot be filled by reality. You fill those gaps with ideas, and at least you start feeling satisfied that life is understood. Have you ever thought about this word, understand? It means standing under you. It is strange that this word has by and by taken a meaning that is far from the original idea. Anything that you can make stand under you, that is under your thumb, under your power, under your shoe, you are the master of. People have been trying to understand life in that, in that same way, so that they could put life also underneath their feet and declare, we are masters, we are masters. Now there is nothing which is not understood by us. But it is not possible. Whatever you do, life is a mystery and is going to remain a mystery. There is a beyond everywhere. We are surrounded by beyond. The beyond is what God is. That beyond has to be penetrated. It is within, it is without, it is always there. And if you forget about it, as we do ordinarily, ordinarily, 
because it is very uncomfortable, inconvenient to look into the beyond. It is as if one looks into an abyss. And one starts trembling. One starts feeling sick. The very awareness of the, of the abyss. And you start trembling. Nobody looks at the abyss. Nobody looks at the abyss. We go on looking in other directions. We go on avoiding the real. The real is like an abyss. Because the real is a great emptiness. It is vast sky with no boundaries. Buddha says, Drangama, be available, be available to the beyond. Never remain confined to the boundaries. Always trespass boundaries. Always trespass. Always trespass the boundaries. Make the boundaries if you need them. But always remember, you have to step out. Never make imprisonments. We make many sorts of imprisonments. Relationship, belief, religion. They are all imprisonments. One feels cozy because there are no wild winds blowing. One feels protected, although the protection is false. Because death will come and will drag you into the beyond. Before death comes and drags you into the beyond, go on your own. A story. A Zen monk was going to die. He was very old, 90 years old. Suddenly he opened his eyes and he said, Where are my shoes? And the disciple said, Where are you going? Have you gone crazy? You are dying. And the physician has said that there is no more possibility a few minutes more. He said, That's why I'm asking for my shoes. I'd like to go to the cemetery because I don't want to be dragged. I will walk on my own and I will meet death there. I don't want to be dragged. And you know me, I have never leaned on anybody else. This will be very ugly that four persons will be carrying me. No. He walked to the cemetery. Not only that, he dug his own grave, lay down in it, and died. Such courage to accept the unknown. Such courage to go on your own and welcome the beyond. Then death is transformed. Then death is no longer death. Such a courageous man never dies. Death is defeated. Such a courageous man goes beyond death. For one who goes on his own to, be, to go beyond. The beyond is never like death. Then the beyond becomes a welcome. If you welcome the beyond, the beyond welcomes you. The beyond always goes on echoing you. Okay, that's it.